0: Topical consumer news plus great celebrity guests. Joan Hamburg's got them both. Weekday mornings 9 till 11 on 710 WOR. WOR New York. The following program is sponsored by the Perry Management Corporation, who is solely responsible for its content.
1: One year ago, two important events happened in plastic surgery. The first face transplant was performed, sending plastic surgery to the front page of the New York Times. The other event, the debut of plastic surgery in the air. It's been one year that we've been on the air now. And, you know, it's interesting, just this past week, there have been two articles about plastic surgery in the New York Times. We're going to speak about silicon gel breast implants in just a moment. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. This is Plastic Surgery in the Air, and I'm your host, board-certified plastic surgeon, Dr. Arthur Perry. Yes, for a full year now on Saturday evenings, I've traded my scalpel for a microphone to give you straight talk about cosmetic surgery. I use my surgical training at Cornell, Harvard, and the University of Chicago, as well as almost two decades of teaching. Seems like longer every day. Teaching plastic surgery at Robert Wood Johnson and the University of Pennsylvania Medical Schools to give you the answers to your cosmetic surgery questions. For those of you who are thinking about having cosmetic surgery but haven't taken that first step and had a consultation, well, this is your no-obligation chance to ask those questions that have been keeping you up at night. My perspective on plastic surgery has been colored by the 10 years that I spent on New Jersey's State Board of Medical Examiners, and that's the governing body for doctors in the state. My patients and my colleagues know me as a straight shooter and uh, tonight we 're going to be talking about silicon gel breast implants. They were brought back on the market just about two weeks ago after being off the market for fourteen years and it 's interesting in addition to that story being on the front page of the New York Times, the silicon breast implants, another plastic surgery uh, story was on the cover of The Times just a week ago, and that was the story about non plastic surgeons doing plastic surgery and Well, hopefully you saw my uh, letter to the editor in the New York Times that was published a couple days later responding to that because it was a very, very interesting uh, story about people like gynecologists and radiologists and others doing plastic surgery, and it's been uh, an issue in my field for uh, a number of years now. But back to silicon gel breast implants. You know, in 1962, the first breast augmentation uh, augmentation was performed using silicon gel breast implants, and there were a number of problems that we found right away. And we're going to talk about these in just a few minutes, but I want to give out the phone number here, and it's 212-528-0129. We're at WOR in the heart of New York in the plastic surgery capital of the world. More plastic surgery being done in the New York area than any other area of the country, other than maybe some very small areas of Beverly Hills. But you can call this station. It's WOR New York at 212-528-0129. So if you're sitting uh, there after your birthday party, Rosalind, uh, well, I want you to give a call. Or if you're uh, sitting in Bell Mead, Randy and Corinne, listening to this uh, show, or if you're part of my growing audience, apparently, in Florida – Go ahead and give the uh, show a call. We're listening both uh, on WOR, on the radio, and also on the Internet around the world. And we've had more inquiries and emails from people who have heard it on the Internet. Well, back to silicon gel implants. 1962, that was the first year that implants were first placed. Uh, But one of the problems that occurred with implants is that they seem to harden They hardened uh, very soon in a large number of people in the early 1960s. So the implant companies responded by doing something uh, that probably was an error. They made the shell of the implant very, very flimsy and very soft because they thought that that would be the answer to the hardening problem. But that is what caused many, many gel implants to rupture. But those ruptures weren't seen early in the 1960s. It took uh, really until the 1970s to see a large number of ruptures. Well, this story continued all the way up to 1992, when uh, a lot of the ruptures from implants that were placed in the 1960s and 1970s had uh, now been seen by plastic surgeons. And Connie Chung got on a face-to-face with Connie Chung radio show, uh, TV show, rather, and uh, stirred up a lot of interest in silicon gel breast implants, and that culminated in the implants being taken off the market in 1992. And at that time, there were allegations that silicon gel caused all sorts of problems, uh, headaches, uh, rheumatoid arthritis, even cancer was alleged to be, uh, have been caused by these implants. Plastic surgeons knew this wasn't true, because uh, if that were true, the million or two million people with pieces of silicon in their body would be filling up the hospital beds across the country with problems related to silicon, and that simply wasn't happening. What was happening, though, is that these implants were rupturing, and a rupture of a silicon gel implant can create problems. And the silicon gel can spread throughout the chest, it can even go down the arm. And so that resulted in the ban of silicon gel implants in 1992. Now, in the 14 years since then, there have been many, many studies looking at silicon gel implants. And, in fact, tens of thousands of women with implants were studied. And you know what happened? Nothing happened. We found that there were no problems, no medical problems related to silicon gel implants. And so finally, this year, just two weeks ago, the FDA, after looking at all the data that's available, said it's time to put silicon gel implants back on the market, and this was uh, long-awaited by many, many women. And so, yes, they were put back on the market two weeks ago. They're here, and I think they're here to stay. So, I welcome your questions about silicon gel implants, about breast augmentation, about saline implants, and about why there's no such thing as an implant with no sa- silicon in it. So, Joe, you've been on the line. What's your wrinkle? What can I do for you?
0: Hi. Yeah, actually, uh, you were starting to answer some of my questions. Uh, my wife had uh, silicon implants, and uh, they did, one did rupture. Um, I think the doctor. It termed it as not a major rupture, but it did rupture about five years ago. That's like and, uh,
1: being uh, a little pregnant, Joe. It's either <laughs> ruptured or it's not.
0: <laughs> well, it was leaking. You know, it was leaking, and um, she wound up having um, uh, these uh, saline ones put in. And I guess just was wondering about any uh, health, you know, health risks from the leakage
1: uh, from the uh, silicon gel. Yes. Well, you know, they don't cause disease. As I said, there there has never. Never been a study that has linked silicon of any type in the body to disease. Now, what they do do, however, is uh, they have local problems in that the silicon gel can spread. So um, when it does rupture, it starts out contained within the breast implant, and then it gets uh, out of the breast implant, and it gets into the area between the breast implant and scar tissue around the breast implant, and we call that the capsule. And as the implant, uh, a- as time goes on and as women sleep on their breasts, uh, the silicon can extend beyond the capsule. Now, when we take out the silicon gel implants, we try and get as much of the silicon gel out as possible, Uh, but often it's not possible to take out 100% of the gel. And so uh, what happens is the body encapsulates the remaining silicon, and uh, sometimes we have to go back and remove those little tiny nodules that we feel from the uh, silicon gel. So that's really the only problem associated with silicon gel. With the silicon saline, uh, they're very, very safe. Uh, If they do rupture, you get a drink of water. And, uh, and it's not subtle when they do rupture. As soon as they rupture within a day, your uh, wife will see that one breast is much smaller than the other breast. And so we go back and we uh, change those implants. Uh, but there are, again, no medical issues associated with a rupture of a silicon gel or a silicon saline implant. Does that answer your question, Joe?
0: Yes, it does. Um, what are the like, the average life expectancy of one of these implants?
1: Well, you know, when I was a resident at the University of Chicago, we were told by the implant companies that these were lifetime items. And that's simply not true, and we know that now, that these implants will last anywhere from maybe 10 years to 15 years. But there's going to be a, uh, a curve. Um, there's going to be a, a certain number of implants that are going to rupture immediately within a few years, and, uh, and as time goes on, more and more, a higher percentage of the, these implants will rupture. They're sort of like tires on your car. Uh, the longer you drive, uh, the more likely they are to, uh, to rupture and get a flat tire like I got last night. So, uh, so unfortunately, they're not lifetime items. Uh, you're um, you're going to have to plan on replacing those implants. You don't want to replace them prematurely or proactively. Uh, because we don't know when they're going to rupture. It could be many, many years later. Now, the FDA is mandating, if you have silicon gel now, that you have to have an MRI in five years and every two years thereafter to look at the implants to make sure that they haven't ruptured. So um, that's what the FDA is saying. The uh, doctor must inform the patient of this, and uh, and the, the, I believe the patient's going to sign an agreement. However... You know, that's like uh, saying you have to wear seatbelts in your car. I hope that people do it, uh, and I hope that people who have silicon gel implants are safe and have those MRIs, uh, but how are we really going to enforce that? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, I appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, thanks so much for calling. Plastic surgery in the air, and the phone number here at WOR is 212. 212- Five two eight oh one two nine. That's two one two five two eight oh one two nine. Pat, I'm gonna to get to your call just after these few messages that we have to air. I'm Dr. Barry Wasserman. So you've made the
0: decision to have LASIK, laser vision correction, and because your eyes are so important to you, finding the right person to do your surgery should be the first concern. My approach is clear: I will personally perform your exam and answer all your questions. I will perform your surgery and see you for your follow-up visits. Of course, I will only perform surgery if I truly believe you will achieve excellent vision. I will make sure LASIK is safe and right for you. Visit my website, BarryWasserman.com, or call me today at 877 eight seven seven five nine.
2: Listeners to this show know that a good skincare regimen is the foundation for a healthy appearance, and vitamin C is an important part of that skincare program. Improve, protect, and restore your skin with Celex C. Celex C, the creator of the original patented formulation of topical vitamin C, pioneered vitamin C as an anti aging skincare treatment. Since its introduction in 1991, Celex C has been the most effective topical vitamin C product used by physicians and skincare professionals to combat the visible signs of aging. Celex C remains the benchmark by which all other topical vitamin C products are measured. In a three-month scientific independent study, it was proven that the topical use of Celex C's vitamin C serum diminished the appearance of wrinkles by 84%, improved skin firmness by 47%, increased skin smoothness by 37%, improved skin tone and texture by 26%, and lessened discoloration by 32%. For more information about Celex C, call 1-800-903-4321 or visit www.celex-cusa.com. That's www.cellex-cusa.com. Celexi's professional formulation is designed to improve and restore the skin, by protecting the skin's collagen. As we age, the production of collagen in our skin decreases, contributing to the visible signs of aging. Celex C's formulation, combining vitamin C, zinc, and L tyrosine, helps reduce fine lines and wrinkles while smoothing the skin. Additionally, it protects the skin from future damage caused by free radicals and UV exposure. After four to six weeks of using Celex C's vitamin C serum, the skin feels smoother and firmer while lines and wrinkles appear less pronounced. Celex C offers a full range of science-based products, providing skincare solutions to help all skin types look, act, and feel younger. To find out where you can purchase Celex C, call 1-800-903-4321. That's 1-800-903-4321. Or visit www.celex-cusa.com. That's www.celex-cusa.com plastic surgery in the air with dr Dr. arthur perry
1: are you interested in cosmetic surgery this is dr arthur perry host of wor's plastic surgery in the air i'm a board certified plastic surgeon in princeton and bridgewater new jersey i'll design a plan to improve your appearance using my training at harvard cornell and the university of chicago and my 19 years of experience Call my office at 732-422-9600, that's 732-422-9600, and check out com And listen to my show, 8 o'clock every Saturday evening. And welcome back. This is Plastic Surgery in the Air, and I'm your host, board-certified plastic surgeon, Dr. Arthur Perry. The phone number here at WOR in New York City is 212-528-0129. That's 212-528-0129. The signal of this station is one of the strongest in the country. It ranges all the way from Maine, goes all the way down to Virginia, I believe. And so if you're in Virginia, go ahead, give us a call tonight. 212-528-0129. We're talking about silicon gel breast implants. Back on the market after 14 years They've been gone, and in the interim, we've been using silicon saline implants. The difference is the outer envelope of the implants are really the same. It's a silicon rubber material. Silicon gel, of course, is a uh, silicon material that's a gooey material. It's very much like caulk. If you've ever caulked your windows... It's a silicon material that's in that caulk, and if a silicon gel implant breaks open, that's really what's inside it. It's very, very similar chemically. It looks like it, and it feels like it. Well, the silicon saline implants are that same envelope on the outside, but a saltwater solution on the inside. Now, there's pluses and minuses to both types of implants. Just because the silicon gel implants are back on the market, that doesn't mean everyone's going to have those. Uh, There's a whole list of Pluses for the silicon gel. It feels more natural. It's less likely to have wrinkles. But we do have to make a bigger incision to place silicon gel implants uh, in. And also, if they rupture, it's more of an issue. So, uh, a lot of pluses and minuses for each. It's a very complex decision to make which you're going to have. And I spend a full hour with my patients in a consultation for a breast augmentation uh, prior to surgery. We spend that hour and we'll talk about. Uh, the issues of these implants, and we make a decision during the consultation which type of implant we're going to use. It's not even that simple. Uh, It's not just silicon gel or silicon saline. There's textured implants and smooth implants and shaped implants. So it's actually a very complex decision that we need to make, and and there's a lot of factors that come into play. Pat, you've been hanging on the line for a while. What's your wrinkle? What can I do for you?
3: Hi, doctor. Um, Believe it or not, I had silicon gel implants, 30 years ago and during a mammography, mm, possibly like a year ago, the doctor said that he believes that one of them, certainly one of them, possibly both of them have ruptured. But they've ruptured within this case that they've made around themselves?
1: Within the capsule, right.
3: Yeah, correct. And he doesn't think there's been any spreading from what he could see. Good. But he said it's time to make a decision about replacing them. So my first thought is, is, do I really want them at all? Like, I'm thinking, and I, I said as much to him, you know, this, well, this is a breast doctor, not a plastic surgeon. I said, maybe I can just, you know, remove them. And he, he said, well, maybe you want to talk to your plastic surgeon, which I did, not the plastic surgeon that did them. He's long gone. Um, anyway, so I'm thinking, like, what should I do? Sometimes I feel like I really don't want them at all, but when I read about breast reduction, which I guess I'd need now because they've extended the skin, you know, of my breast to such an extent that then I need a breast reduction and I I've read that there could be extensive scarring to that. Yeah.
1: Pat, how old are you? 52. Okay. You know, it's interesting. I saw a woman with a very similar problem. Maybe you're her. This week I saw someone in her 50s. Uh, who had implants placed uh, actually, uh, I believe, about 15 or so years ago. Uh, they were in the wrong position. One clearly feels ruptured, and she asked me the exact same questions you're asking now. Uh, what do we do at this point? Now, if you have a rupture, Pat, my advice is a very strong uh... strong advice that you should indeed have these implants taken out and the reason for that is because the silicon will continue to spread and i've taken out some gel implants that were so complex in terms of the spread, they, they can spread not only around the chest wall, but I've actually had some general surgeons that had to get involved in these cases with me to help clean out the armpit, the axilla of silicon which can spread into the uh, armpit and down the arm. And so uh, the longer you have a ruptured implant and the more likely it is to uh, to migrate that way. Remember, you're not going to get sick from the gel. But the, remo- the ultimate removal will be progressively more complex the longer you wait. So when it's diagnosed that you have a rupture, I do advise that you have them taken out. Now, what do you do at that point? Do you put new implants in? Your options are to either do nothing, take out the implants, and, uh, and be smaller. And that's okay if you're in your 50s. Now, the, the, not that being in your 50s, you don't have to have uh, uh, large breasts. That's certainly a personal decision. But remember that breast implants interfere with mammograms. And, uh, Pat, are you still on the line, or did we lose you with that No, no, thing? it's a okay, concern
3: good. of mine, too, Pat. Uh, and,
1: and, and it really should be a concern, because, uh, you know, one in eight, uh, in some uh, ethnic groups, one in seven women get breast cancer. And our most effective method, of finding early breast cancers is with a mammogram and when we put an implant in of any type whether it's saline or or silicon gel we really hurt our ability to detect early uh, breast cancer with a mammogram and the reason is uh, the x-rays cannot see through mammograms. And, and yes, there's a lot of difference in opinion as to how much breast tissue is blocked with a mammogram. There are some studies that show as low as 3% and some at, show as high as 60% of the breast tissue. My attitude is that even if it's 3% and you're unlucky enough to have a breast cancer that's within that 3% that's hidden by a breast implant, then that's a very, very bad thing for you. So I have been advising my patients for at least 15 years, and my patients who... I've operated on who are listening. Remember this that I've been telling my patients that you have to have MRIs, and the FDA is telling people they have to have MRIs for the reason of detecting rupture. I've been telling women they have to have MRIs for a totally different reason, and that's to detect breast cancer if you have an implant in, because mammograms cannot be relied upon. So, uh, so that is a huge consideration in a woman who's in her 50s. So it really should be strongly considered to simply take out those implants. Okay. Uh, let's,
3: say, let's say then, doctor, I definitely want them out because I'm thinking if the breast implants last about 15 to 20 years and I'm 52, I don't want to be 82 and in the <laughs> operating room having, like, breast implants removed again. Okay. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Now, right. Pat, do you know if your implants were above or below the muscle?
3: Below the muscle.
1: And that's good because that preserves our ability to do a breast lift. So your earlier question was, what are your breasts going to look like after your implants are taken out? And there is no question that the larger your breasts are whether it's because of your own genetics whether it's from pregnancy whether it's from weight gain or whether it's from implants the larger your breasts are the more they're going to sag with time and so when you have those implants taken out you're going to now see a mismatch between your skin the amount of skin you have and the volume of your breasts so now it's going to be smaller and it's going to look like your breasts are droopier that's not a hundred percent but in a lot of women that happens and in those women, a breast lift may be an answer. So what we do in a breast lift is we make incisions around the areola, which is the pigmented area around the nipple, and uh, we make other incisions on the breast, and we remove skin, and we try and restore a balance between the skin and the breast tissue, giving you a more youthful appearance to your breast.
3: And how much downtime is that from, let's like, say, work or working out? Running, it, well,
1: uh, there, are, there are different about. questions. Work, it depends on what type of work you, you do. Desk work. Uh, desk work, you're probably out for a week in terms of exercise. I advise my patients not to exercise for three weeks after that type of surgery only because there is a chance of bleeding with surgery, and if you get your heart rate or uh, blood pressure up, uh, within three weeks of surgery, there's a chance of bleeding. So uh, I certainly advise you not to work out. And no contact sports for six weeks after surgery. Pat, we're going to have to run now. We've got to uh, uh, air some commercial commercial messages. Debbie, hang on the line. This is plastic surgery in the air. The phone number here is 212-528-0129. We'll have time for a few more phone calls after we return from from <laughs> these messages. Can't think about cosmetic surgery without considering your teeth. Dr. Dean Vafiatis is the newest member of our advisory board. Dr. Dean's New York Smile Institute creates the most natural, beautiful smiles in the world. You can't have a beautiful face without a winning smile. Since 1995, Dr. Dean and the New York Smile Institute have become the preeminent aesthetic and implant specialists in Manhattan. They have provided happy smiles to over 10,000 people, including celebrities, sports figures, and CEOs of many Fortune 500 companies. In addition, they teach dental aesthetics to other professionals from around the world. Dr. Dean and the New York Smile Institute perform smile makeovers, natural porcelain veneers, teeth whitening, and and dental implants. At the New York Smile Institute, the care and comfort of patients is the highest mission. Remember, you're really never dressed until you put on a smile. If a perfect, beautiful smile is what you've always wanted, call Dr. Dean and his associates at the New York Smile Institute at 1-800-998-NYSI. Call today, one 800 998 N-Y-S-I, or check out their website at www.nysi.org.
2: Cosmetic surgery is the surgery of change. Dr. Arthur Perry, the host of Plastic Surgery in the Air, is a board-certified plastic surgeon who specializes in cosmetic surgery. Dr. Perry's practice is dedicated to procedures such as rhinoplasty, liposuction, eyelid lifts, breast augmentations, and tummy tucks. Dr. Perry uses his 19-year experience and his training at Harvard, Cornell, and the University of Chicago to individualize your care. From your first consultation to the removal of your stitches, you'll experience careful attention to detail. Dr. Perry will not cut corners, and he won't play games. Dr. Perry has been chosen annually since 1999 as one of Castle Connolly's top New York area doctors. He was one of four New Jersey plastic surgeons in New Jersey Life magazine and one of eight New Jersey plastic surgeons in New Jersey Monthly. To schedule a consultation with Dr. Perry, call 732-422-9600. That's 732-422-9600. And check out his website at perryplasticsurgery.com. You're listening to Plastic Surgery in the Air. With Dr. Arthur
0: Perry. If you've been thinking about improving your vision with LASIK, I have great news. Laser vision correction is now better, safer, and more accurate. Hi, I'm Dr. Barry Wasserman. Using the upgraded VizX Star S4 laser and custom view technology, I can custom tailor your correction to achieve your personal best vision because everyone's eyes are unique. Having LASIK is a major decision that will change your life forever. I want every patient to have the best technology with an exceptional staff who really cares. I will personally examine your eyes and answer all of your questions. I will perform your procedure and see you for your follow-up visits. Personal care and attention sets us apart from the rest, which means I take care of my patients, not just their eyes. I will make sure LASIK is safe and right. With you. Whether you're nearsighted, farsighted, or have an astigmatism, make the call today to Dr. Wasserman and schedule your free LASIK exam. Be sure to ask about interest-free financing options. Call 877-598-Is or visit him on the web at barrywasserman.com.
1: And welcome back. This is Plastic Surgery in the Air. I'm your host, Dr. Arthur Perry, and I want to thank my growing audience for sticking with me. We've been preempted the last three weeks for Rutgers basketball, Rutgers football, a terrific team this year. But I'm so happy to be back on the air this week talking about plastic surgery with my patients and my friends who are calling. And uh, I'd like to remind my my listeners, if you do like the show, please support my sponsors, Dr. Barry Wasserman, whose phone number is 877. 598-EYES, Eyes, and Dr. Dean Vafiatis at 212-319-6363, and XC which is a terrific skin cream. So uh, please support uh, my sponsors. Uh, the phone number here, 212 129 and we have Debbie who's been hanging on the line for a while. What's your wrinkle, Debbie?
3: Well, I have uh, deep wrinkles around my mouth, and my dermatologist said that no cream will take care of those wrinkles. And then I read about Restylane or Restylane. And I went to a plastic surgeon who said that I would not be satisfied with the Restylane because it won't do that much. And he recommended a chemical peel, which is extremely expensive. How old are you, Debbie? 75.
1: Okay. All right. And uh, if that does sound right. You have a lot of sun damage around your uh, your mouth, a lot of wrinkles. Uh, yep. Yeah. Okay. Well,
3: look, you know, when I put lipstick on, it kind of runs into those crevices.
1: Yeah. You know, when, uh, when women have a lot of wrinkles, and they're no longer fine wrinkles, but they're deep wrinkles, yeah. then Restylane might not be the best thing for you. And I do agree with your plastic surgeon. Uh, a chemical peel, that's a deep chemical peel, or a laser procedure uh, would be appropriate. Uh, Most of my patients that I've done Restylane on are very, very happy. The few patients early on when I was, uh, just started Restylane a few years ago, the few patients that were not thrilled with it were those in your category, the people that had really fairly deep wrinkles and uh, we have to use an awful lot of Restylane. Restylane gets very expensive also if you have a lot of wrinkles and uh, then we have to use three or four syringes of it, and it's painful, and it might not be the best thing for you. So I do agree that uh, deep chemical peel or laser uh, would be the answer. We're going to try and get one quick question, in, Ilka, we've got uh, really 15 seconds for you. Breast lift question, what can I do for you?
3: Yes, I'm curious. I have I have really large breasts, and now I'm getting older. I'm going to be 40 next year, and I've been considering getting a lift because they they hang tremendously, and, you know, I want to Come up a little bit if that happens when if you do a lift, do you actually lose cup size
1: uh, okay elka we 're going to have to cut you short. So, thanks for the call, but let 's get into this next week. Uh, no you don 't lose cup size with a breast lift it 's only a reduction, uh, so a breast lift might be appropriate for you if you want to maintain your cup size. This has been a very interesting show. We say it's the fastest plastic surgery show in radio, 30 minutes, and it goes very quickly. Stay tuned uh, for another very interesting show on W.R. We will be back next week. And, Ilka, maybe you want to call in next week again and try and get that call in. Thanks so much, Noah. This is Dr. Arthur Perry.
0: The preceding program was sponsored by the Perry Management Corporation, who is solely responsible for its content.